When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm Gemma and welcome to Good Influence. This is the podcast where each week you and I meet a guest will help us pay attention to something we should know about, as well as answer some of your questions. This week we're talking about anxiety and life online, how social media has changed in the last decade, the pros and cons of speaking openly about mental health, and how we're all at least a little bit nosy when it comes to other people's lives. So joining me this week is Zoe Sugg. Zoe is a vlogger, influencer, author and businesswoman and you might know her better as Zoella. Zoe was one of the original YouTubers and has been making and sharing content online for the past 12 years. She's amassed over 25 million followers and subscribers across YouTube and social media platforms. Zoe's spoken openly about her own experience of anxiety and panic attacks online for years now, including as an ambassador for the charity Mind and more recently helped to establish the Digital Detox Day event encouraging people to evaluate their relationship with social media and its effects on mental health. I'm really worried that Nala's going to be snoring through this whole thing. I keep nudging her to be like, stop snoring. I mean... So if you hear it, please let me know and I'll just give her a little nudge. But I feel like having a few dog snores on is fine by me. (laughs) I think you were talking about anxiety and mental health online before the conversation had kind of become slightly more mainstream as it is now like can you remember like how long have you been talking about anxiety online so I think I briefly I think I wrote a blog post before I did a video because that felt so much more safe and I'd been kind of writing how Mm. I'd felt and how those anxious feelings were for me for quite a while because I didn't like you say there weren't really that many people talking about it that I could find Mm. um so it felt like something that was only happening to me and for a really long time I just thought I was an anomaly and that I was the odd one out so Then I went to my doctor and I discovered more about it and I found information on websites um, such as Mind and things like that. And I found that Mm -hmm. so helpful because all of a sudden I was like, it's not just me. This is an actual thing that many people experience. And immediately once my audience had started growing, I felt like it was important for me to share that information for other people who might have felt similar to me where it was a bit like what do I do? How do I navigate this? Is it just me that feels like this? And because it was hard for me to find those people, I thought maybe even if I just help one person by talking about this, then great. I feel like I've done my job, you know? Um, So I think I started with a blog post and then in 2013, I did a video about it. Mm. Um, because it's very easy online and on social media to paint your life in a certain way. We're all very good at 
showing the highlight reel and the best bits and especially when my career online started growing and I started getting all these amazing opportunities it just looked like I had the best life ever and so many of my comments were like oh my god you're so lucky like you're living the most perfect life Um, I would do anything to have your life and of course I was extremely lucky and I was so privileged to be in the position that I was in and enjoying this new exciting career but what a lot of people didn't realize is you know standing up on that stage in front of thousands of people there was about three panic attacks before it and at least two after it and I would spend the rest of the day in bed um because of my mental health and I felt like it was really important for me to share that aspect of my life because I didn't want people to to watch my videos and think like oh she has it all and there's absolutely nothing that kind of is worrying her or troubling her in any sense so I think for me I wanted to help others feel less alone and I also wanted people to recognize that with all the amazing things there were also things that I was struggling with as well so yeah that was really scary doing that at the time. Yeah I bet I feel like with the amount of time that you've been online and also it's because you've had such a big audience for a long time, I think it's kind of like, it's it's easy to forget that when you started talking about these things, you know, it, it wasn't as done. And also I feel like in that amount of time, things have changed quite a lot and the things people are looking for from online figures in terms of like authenticity now, like, people being authentic online is now sort of, you know, people's number one priority. But again, like when you would have started doing this and kind of saying, you know, I'm going to show you these parts of my life that aren't as glossy as you think they might be, like people just weren't doing that very much. And I think it's like, I think it's really great that you did. But I also think it's it's really hard now. I wonder if you agree, because you still get kind of, caught in the middle of that conversation and you'll either get people who you know if you don't show enough grit in anything that you do online then you get people who are like oh it's so inauthentic she's pretending everything's perfect like that can't be true but if you do say anything is wrong then people are like oh well it's not brain surgery is it your job like there's really no way to win It's so hard to juggle, like so hard. And it was certainly a lot easier years ago. Mm. I think now social media is so, it's such a key part of how people socialize. Whereas years and years ago when I first started this, it was just an alternative way of socializing. Like everything else was still very Mm -hmm. human to human. And, you know, you had your friends and you did everything mostly in real life and what you posted online was kind of like oh well that's just what she's posting online but now I feel like it's sort of flipped a bit where we probably share equal parts of our lives online as we do with our friends and our family in real life especially in the last year because it's been so hard to have those real life interactions Mm. um and I think the way in which people use social media has changed because 
for years people have been able to kind of have their own opinions and have their own voices and post what they want and over time that has become a little bit more glossy and people have been slightly more curated or they'll use their Instagram for fashion so they don't necessarily show personal aspects of their lives but then someone else could come along and say well this isn't you're not being real you're not being yourself yeah and it's so hard because then you could you could share something that's really real and raw and really vulnerable and and that's just opening yourself up to the most amount of criticism and you have no idea what someone's going to say back to you and that's the stuff that's so much harder to move past like sometimes it's easier to just deal with those moments in your real life than to share it with millions of people and you have no idea what kind of reaction you'll get which is so scary yeah because I can imagine like the criticism of people saying like oh you know she makes everything look like it's so perfect I can imagine that kind of criticism is a lot easier to deal with than people criticizing you for talking about something really personal which then is going to put people off yeah 100% 100% because you almost feel like you know, with with social media now, it's good to, to set boundaries, you know, what it is that you're happy to share, what it is that you're not happy to share. Like, I still don't really ever see, can you imagine like just going on your Instagram stories and seeing a couple having like a blazing row on stories? Like, you just don't see it. <laughs> I mean, no, but then also like, can you imagine being the couple who is having a blazing row and putting it on Instagram? Yeah. I feel like that's almost worse, like... It is, you're, you're totally right. Like there are things that we're never going to see on Instagram. I mean, maybe some people do, I don't know. But like, <laughs> I, I just would never because you're kind of, it is that thing where that's real life and also nobody else's business. It's so true. It's so true. And also I feel like in moments like that, that are very real or that are very personal to people, the last thing you think about doing is sharing something to show your authenticity. Like, you're not you're not going to be having a really really awful day where all you're doing is crying in bed and naturally think to reach for your phone and like share that with people it's it's very very different to something that you're excited about and that you're happy yeah. about sharing yeah i've thought this before actually because i know and i don't know whether it is just people being different on you know quite a standard level like everyone is different in the way they react to things but like I see like a lot of people who to be fair some people will kind of make videos and will purposely like capture things for the purpose of like you know educating people or having a bit of camaraderie with people but like I feel like when people are able to go back through their camera roll and find a bunch of examples of like pictures of them crying And then you're like, they've got, you know, there's just so much like raw reality for them to share. Yeah. And I'm just not that kind of person. Like I've never been in floods of tears and thought, let me just take a picture of my face. I don't (laughs) recall ever thinking to do that, you know? I think the only time I've ever done that is when I sent it to like my friend who was like, how are you? And I was like, well, I'm currently just crying. So here's that. (laughs) current snapshot for you tells you all you need to know (laughs) exactly exactly yeah I wonder I wonder if I've ever done that I think some people are very like I definitely think everyone will have their own individual boundaries and I do respect a lot of people like a lot of people I follow who would 
come on stories and be that vulnerable and share something that's really getting them down. And I have so much respect for them because I just, I can only imagine how terrifying that is. Um, and also by doing that, you you are in some ways helping others. It's really, it's such a catch 22 because mm. you you just, you know that what they're doing is is basically either for them to feel better to get that community response and to share something that's really getting them down which is always such a great thing to do and I think for a lot of people as well social media is that space where they feel like they can share so I totally get that aspect of it as well and I do just think like you are so brave whenever I see someone doing that because because I know I just could never I did it once I cried Mm. in a YouTube video in 2014 I think I was just having a day where everything was just getting a bit much and I was like I'm gonna vlog this because I think I was daily vlogging at the time and I Mm. just thought well this is my day like there's no point me trying to gloss over it there's no point me missing a day this just is what it is and I remember at the time the response was so positive largely and it was Mm. so lovely getting that feedback and feeling like yeah this community they've got my back they know me so well this is so nice it's like it's like sharing a problem but with like thousands of friends and you just feel so much better for it but then on the other hand you have that five percent of people that are like oh let's knock her while she's down like yeah why are you sharing this so since then I think I I think I left up for like a week and then I was like no I don't feel comfortable with that being there anymore and I removed it and since then I've never I've never done anything similar to that it's hard isn't it though because I mean and this is something people know it is you know you could have a thousand positive comments and three negative ones and it's the three negative ones that you're gonna read over and over and remember oh yeah yeah someone once um described it to me like when you paint your wall and there's just one little chip right in the middle and when you look at the wall even though the rest of the wall looks amazing you just zone in on that tiny bit that just doesn't look quite right. And I'm like, that is just the best analogy. That is really good. And I kind of love that actually, because I feel like that's something that I have said to myself before, it, like during actual projects of like <laughs> decorating things and kind of you like look at the whole wall and you're like, all I can see is that tiny rough bit. And then I say to myself all the time, I'm like, but it's fine because you'll live with it for a few weeks and you'll stop noticing it. And I feel like that's actually quite a good way to approach the online stuff. Yeah, it's so true. Like it really goes in there for a bit and then slowly you start to forget it and then slowly it doesn't matter. And then you're like, I don't even remember what, what that comment was now. Yeah, like that's, that's just part of the wall now. Yeah. That's my house. <laughs> Do you think that part of how we've gotten to a place where people expect so much so much information from people has maybe come from something like you were saying about kind of daily vlogging because I feel like social media has gone from a place of if I think back to the earlier days of Instagram you would you would kind of share like very one-off pictures of like something nice you'd eaten or like a nice sunset or something that you'd seen not not that we don't ever share these things now but it was very kind of like oh you know here's something that stood out from my week and now the way that a lot of people use Instagram which is something that I just can't do because I find it too stressful is as kind of like 
a daily diary. Do you think that kind of use of social media is maybe something that evolved from the kind of daily vlog where we've gotten very used to seeing the day-to-day like ins and outs of people's lives definitely I, I think specifically for me as well because it was something that I started so long ago and turned into a career I felt that I needed to continue to do that I have people mm. that are invested in not just what it is that I'm talking about but where I shop or who I'm friends with or you know so many different little personal aspects of my life which I didn't set out for that to happen but that's just naturally what happened over the years um but also I think with things like keeping up with the Kardashians and there was just a phase where reality tv was just the most watched type of content because it was something that we'd never really had before being able to watch people living out their lives whether they were super extravagant or whether it was you know a vlogger with a thousand subscribers on YouTube was just it was such like a kind of fly on the wall and it was so new and exciting and something so different and it felt so I guess for me when I would watch daily vloggers it felt quite comforting to watch somebody else just living out their life and their kind of daily routines and things because I don't know I just I really I think I'm just quite a naturally nosy person and I really like watching things like that and I get really obsessive over like oh my god and what's this person doing today and where do they shop and like oh what mac and cheese is that that they've bought that looks delicious I can have to add that to my basket next time I go out um and I think also it enabled people to have those kind of different connections with actors actresses and celebrities that otherwise might have only ever been talked about in magazines or in tabloids and now all of a sudden you can follow them and you can see parts of their lives that you've never seen before and you can see interactions they have with each other and so many parts about it that just draw you in and make you want to keep keep following keep refreshing keep you know scrolling through and also I think a large part of it is that there's now so many places to post so me and Alfie were literally talking about this the other day that Instagram we just used to post like you said a photo like once a week and it would be of like a cupcake that I ate or like you said a sunset or something that wasn't you know it was like an extension it wasn't the sole place you'd post and now you've got things like stories and you've got reels and you've got IGTV and you've got TikTok and you've got all these places where I should imagine quite a lot of people especially you know in a more kind of influencer space where you are creating content and that's part of your job probably feel like they need to be ticking all those boxes and be across all of those platforms so without even realizing it you're sharing so much more of your life because you have so many places to put it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's that's certainly something I've felt before. And it, it is sometimes when new things comes out, but even just in general, I feel like every so often you kind of take stock and think, you know, what what am I doing? Am I doing a good job at this whole like online thing? And like, am I doing enough? Am I being you know consistent with things like should I be posting more stuff and every so often I go through this and I'm like I need I just need to post more and I need to you know be more strict with it and have more of a plan and stick to more of a schedule and I'm just 
rubbish at doing that because I don't I am not good at you know the sharing the little details of my life in and out and every so often I might jump on stories and like put something on like that but it I I find it quite unnatural in it it would be really unnatural for me to do that so even when you know I kind of think about things like am I not being authentic enough because I'm not sharing enough like should I be sharing more but then actually that really doesn't fit my personality to be someone who every day tells you what I've had for lunch you know what I yeah mean? can like, you imagine just every day you're posting like 20 stories like hey guys good morning <laughs> like, can you imagine me doing that I can't at all no but I think honestly with social media it's about what you feel comfortable with and so often when you look at like a follower number like do you ever feel like a responsibility because you look at how many people are following you and a kind of I almost feel like people are waiting which is what kind of makes me overthink what I'm posting yeah yeah I definitely definitely agree with that yeah, yeah you kind of like it's you yeah it's I mean it's hard to imagine anyway when you look at like a big number of people but yeah just knowing how many eyes are going to be on every single word that you've said or like every pixel of a picture you've posted it does you it does feel a bit like jumping off a cliff sometimes yeah it really does especially if you haven't done it for a while I always find if I have a little bit of a digital detox and I'm like oh I should probably you know like re-emerge now and I'm like how do I do this why do I feel so weird about this every time I've literally been doing this for 12 years and whenever I take a break I still panic about coming back or what am I going to say or do I still have interesting things to say 12 years on like I just feel like I've run out of content I've been doing it for so long and every time I say that thankfully I have a really lovely loyal audience of people some that have been there the whole time and some that are fairly new and they're like just keep talking about anything we don't we don't really don't mind but I think sometimes I just get so in my own head and I start overthinking everything um and that's when it becomes much much harder for sure and I think I mean from my point of view I think then you're totally right and I do the same thing like if you've had a couple of weeks off you know posting on your Instagram grid or whatever or I've definitely gone longer than a couple of (laughs) weeks before you do you think about when you come back and it's suddenly like that first post back or like the next thing you post it is you kind of or I felt like you need to like redefine who you are on that platform and like that post has to be quite like representative of you like if people haven't heard from you for a while it's like okay well what am I gonna what am I gonna walk back into this room and say like I haven't seen these people in ages and I'm gonna come back they're gonna expect some kind of story and like I haven't really got one to tell them it's it is like it's, it's so it's a true. weird kind of pressure. Yeah, it's so true. It's almost like you feel like you have to have something really poignant to say. And sometimes I just don't. Sometimes I just want to be like, hi. <laughs> I mean, that, and that's literally people, it. Though. Yeah. I know. It's so true. So true. I mean, you just mentioned having a bit of a digital detox every now and then. Um, which leads me to ask you about Digital Detox Day, mm. um, which is an event that you have organized in the past or co-organized I should say yeah um could you tell me a bit about how that came about yeah so I'd started 
meetings with Lush and a company called I Am Whole who do a lot of campaigning for mental health. And the three of us all got together because we're all very passionate about mental health. We're very passionate about how it's growing and changing and how so many people now feel so much more open to discussing how they feel and you know the struggles that they're going through which is incredible because you know back in 2013 when I did my video there was a lot of people sort of saying oh well do you not just think loads of people are saying they're anxious because it's like a trend and I was like no I think they're just saying it because they feel like they can I feel I feel like more and more people are talking about it because they feel like they can talk about it not because they're all just pretending they've got it because they think it's fashionable. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were having a lot of conversations about how we could help, how we could raise money and how we can kind of put some awareness out there. And one of the things that we always kept coming back to was how social media has an effect on mental health um, and specific areas of that. So things like comparison, body image, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, loneliness, human connection. Like there's so many different aspects of our mental health that can link in with social media. And I've noticed specifically over the years how much more of an effect that it is having on people so whether that's my friends my colleagues or people in my dms even or other people that i follow um it's just so apparent that as time's gone on and social media has become so much bigger you can see where it's having more of a negative impact on people's mental health um and so we decided to focus on that so we created a day called digital detox day which was the 5th of september last year where we basically just tried to encourage everybody to take 24 hours off social media um and although i've definitely done digital detoxes in my time i'm still a bit of a like silent scroller so I just Mm -hmm. find that my thumb goes to the app, I open it, I scroll through, I flick through a couple of people's stories and then I'll click off it. So even though I've done digital detoxes where I might not have posted something myself, I very rarely just put my phone down and don't look at it. Um, So even for me, I thought, oh, this is going to be so easy. Like, I can't wait, bring it on. Uh, my thumb I had to remove the app from my phone I had to move it because my thumb just automatically went to the Instagram app to open it and I was like this is harder than I thought like there is some serious like addiction going on here it's so true like I so I did the digital detox day I didn't like completely put my phone in a drawer but I had the full day off um what did I do again social media and other kind of like I still had like my phone and text basically but not like any of the other things that you mess around with but agreed my thumb like multiple times in the day went and just automatically clicked on Instagram and then I went oh no and I think like what (laughs) and then I think I even like getting on towards the end of the day I clicked on it and didn't remember that I wasn't supposed to be doing it and then liked my friend Amy's picture and then was like oh no I'm not supposed to be doing it so then I like (laughs) unliked it again and backed out of the room like I was never here (laughs) that's so funny I feel like so many people did that we actually asked people afterwards like how did you find it and it was it was really quite sad reading the responses because so many people said they just could not do it they said I tried and I couldn't do it I felt so 
weird not having that connection and mm. I do think it depends what you use social media for so for a lot of people who were you who use social media to make new friends that might not necessarily um, live anywhere near them or like they have those groups of people that they message every day and I th- mm-hmm. I do think it was a slightly younger demographic that struggled more which I which we found very interesting um, I would say sort of my age people were much more into it and I do wonder whether that's because we have kind of lived a life before social media was this like instant connection um yeah and yeah I think anyone like my mum's age it was just easy (laughs) she was like I just put my phone in a drawer I was like well I don't know that's very interesting like the stats were just very interesting like I think yeah, it was it was sad to see how many people struggled and who the people that really wanted to do it and was just like, I'm so sorry, I just could not do it. I felt anxious not having my phone. Mm. And I was like, that that is so unbelievably sad, but also so worrying that we can have this um, you know, connection with our devices that is so strong, we actually don't really know what to do without it. Yeah, it's very true. I think what you say yeah about you know if you are younger and you've grown up on social media and have never not had it then the idea actually I suppose of doing a detox of it it's not like going back to something that you used to know and going back to you know a simpler time before everyone was on Instagram (laughs) like we experienced (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's not like going back to something that's recognizable to you it's actually asking people to do a whole new thing that they've never experienced which yeah I guess is a lot harder yeah and also that that demographic are much more reliant on things like um snapchat and that's how they communicate whereas you know i'm much more of a like phone call voice note whatsapp kind of girl like i don't need social media to contact people around me whereas i feel like there were so many people saying i couldn't not speak to my friends and i was like what do you mean like can't you ring your friends (laughs) Yeah, that's true as well. I, yeah, I mean, I think we're like around the same age and I would yeah. definitely be the same. Like I don't, I mean, I will occasionally, but then you kind of realise you're doing it. Like I don't generally use social media channels to talk to my actual friends who I no. know in real life. No, you know I don't, I, mean. I don't. So like it'll happen every so often and like, you know, a friend will like reply to each other's Instagram stories or whatever and then just start chatting under that reply and then after a little while somebody will be like should we move to text like this is really weird it's really weird that we're talking to each other on Instagram instead of a normal phone channel it's so true so true and also that whole another thing that I find quite scary about social media and how much we kind of relying on it is when it comes to things like your friends and your family and people you know in real life where and I've done it before I'm guilty of this sometimes I will kind of flick through their stories and be like oh that's nice like they're having a really nice day and they've just gone out and they've just done that then I'm like oh I need to actually reach out to my friend and actually have a conversation with them and ask them how they are because we get so used to catching up with people through watching what they're posting which if you think about it is actually so weird yeah <laughs> but it's just remembering to actually have those real life interactions and what you see on online is not the full picture um so yeah it's really important to remember that when you're looking at your mate who looks like they're having the best day ever 
that could just not actually be what's going on that's so true and I think I'm probably really bad at doing that like I will I would do that thing of kind of like see my friend's stories and be like oh well you know they're out somewhere or they're with their sister or like with another friend or something and I'm like oh well they're too busy to talk to me then or like oh no they're fine or whatever and actually yeah you're totally right like you don't know everything that was going on that day you still need to actually actually talk to your friends yeah (laughs) hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Something that I wanted to ask you about, because from a complete like outsider's perspective something that I really admire about how you've used social media kind of if that makes sense how you've how you've decided how to use online channels I think is kind of what I'm getting at so (laughs) you were known for the longest time under Zoella Mm-hmm. which of course now is a platform that you still have and like is the business that you've built but you know comparatively recently you changed things up a bit and decided that you know your Instagram for example you're not Zoella anymore you are Zoe and Zoella is your platform yeah I'd love to understand a little bit more about you know like what went into that decision because as somebody who you know does a lot of stuff on social media I can imagine that taking like a very successful business and making quite a big change to it must have been a really big decision yeah definitely and I think ultimately the decision was made purely because of my mental health and how much I was struggling to I guess form my own identity that wasn't just Zoella and I think you know, it started off as my blog name. I think one of my friends like used to call me it in school and I was like, oh, what should I call my blog? Oh, I don't know, this'll do. Um, But you know, I would always sign things off Zoe um, and then it just kind of morphed into me and that wasn't Mm. really what I'd set out for it to do. So I would arrive on a shoot and everyone would be like, oh, Zoella, do you mind doing this? And I think I just kind of was like, okay, well, that's that's my name now, I guess. Like, that's just, this is the way it goes. And that's what people know me as. So I just need to, I guess that's just, that's, it's like my alter ego. It's like, that's just my online name. And that's just what I'll always be now. Um, And then I think, when I hit a certain age and I started having a bit of an identity crisis and I was like, 
who am I and what is my channel and what content do I create and who are my audience and I do think it's really important when you've been doing something for so long no matter what it is especially if it's something creative I think it's so important to reevaluate, and I wasn't doing that so I was just kind of going with the flow because in this career which wasn't a career that I ever knew anything about that you did it wouldn't really exist before it was all so new and a lot of people were just taking each day as it came and just seeing what happened and taking any opportunity that came up and kind of just going with the flow and I think I just did that for a really long time and mm-hmm. it didn't ever feel like I could take control of that myself and just sort of sit back and go, what is it that I really want? What is it that I will make me feel better about this? Or, And I think it was only really as I was getting slightly older and I was doing more kind of behind the scenes of business stuff, um, putting Zoella on something felt like it was coming from me. But actually sometimes that was a product range that had had hundreds of people's involvement and years of meetings. And it just felt weird it being like Zoella and it feeling like that's just me. Mm. Um, So I made the decision to split it purely because also I felt like what I was doing was taking two kind of paths anyway. I was working more on um, businesses and venturing outside of creating content, but my content was still very me-based. And those two things felt so different, but they were so combined in a way. Um, So I was like, okay, Zoe is is the content and Zoe is the person and Zoe is, you know, behind all the business. Um, And Zoella, which is how my blog started and how this whole thing started can be all of the kind of more business side of it and that made total sense to me and even just making that separation in a meeting once where I was like oh my god like this makes total sense I instantly just felt so much better about the whole thing um And then we decided to split the socials out. And obviously it takes a bit of time for people to understand that the Zoella account is, you know, is a hub of lots of different content that we're creating as a team. And my Instagram account is me. And I always knew it would take a while for those two things to fully separate because they'd been fused together for so long. Um, But Mm. I think just mentally having that distinction between the two things really helped me in in that sense so that was the kind of backstory to it that's really good and do you think it's given you more freedom to talk about different topics on the zoella platform that maybe Uh, aren't you know first hand from you but just to give people a platform a hundred percent everything i've ever created or talked about or made videos on or written about has been things I'm passionate about, things I love, things I want to share. And I got to a point where I was like, I have so many things that I want to share. And so I have such a large audience that I'm so lucky to have built up over the years. I want to be able to help more of those people. And I'm not an expert in every field. Even if I'm really interested in something, I'm not always going to be the best person to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And we came to the realization that I mean, I hadn't written on my blog for a really long time because I was trying to make YouTube videos, start businesses and do a blog and do Instagram. And I was trying to be everywhere. And that was just way too hard. I'm really bad at juggling different social medias. I feel like I can do one really well and all the others just get like thrown to the side. Mm -hmm. Um, So my blog was sort of just left a bit. Um, And then we were like, 
this would just be the perfect place to get new voices, um, create new exciting content that I'm still really passionate about and that still are huge interests to me and interests to a lot of the audience that I've that I've luckily built over the years and we can create a community there and hopefully inspire and help people in doing that and it's been so fun being able to work on that. That's really nice that you've kind of been able to give the Zoella name a kind of like new lease of life for you like under its under its new title. Yeah. When you look back across like all the different things you've done because you have got one of those like very what I would call like modern multi-hyphenate to use like Emma Gannon's term like <laughs> careers where you you know got your finger in a lot of different pies yeah are there any particular things that have like stood out to you over the years or how kind of how do you feel about that because it's kind of similar to the way that I work at the moment and I kind of I really enjoy having the freedom to work in different areas yeah but it always makes me like wonder about the future and be like am I just going to stumble on one thing that's going to be the thing that I decide that I love the most and then that's going to be the one thing I pursue or am I always going to be kind of dotted around like this like how do you feel about that um I don't know I guess in in a similar way to you like just so lucky that I'm able to try new things and that new opportunities will come up that I might not have even considered but might think oh my gosh that's such a good idea or I'd love to try that um there will also be things that I've just thought no that's really not in in my remit at all um and that's like as someone with anxiety I'm like I have a limit of what I would push myself to try and do yeah and over the years I've worked out what that limit is I think for a very long time I was just doing as much as I could because I didn't know how long this would last Mm -hmm. and that was very consuming I think I just I felt like I need to take all these opportunities and I need to do as much as I can because six months from now YouTube just might not be a platform that people are interested in Mm -hmm. and then I think once I realized that okay this this isn't like something that I need to be embracing right here right now this seems to be lasting a bit longer I think I slowed down in my like grabbing everything that I could grab and trying everything out Mm -hmm. Um, and now I just decide kind of what projects and things that interest me but purely based on whether I think I'll have a really good time doing it um I'm a very creative person so anything where I feel like I can really like get creative with something will always be something that I find like more passionate so writing books for example mm. I love um because it's so like you can just be in your own world and although there's things like deadlines and you've got your editor being like hey have you got that have you got that final that final um manuscript it's you're you're able to be creative at your own pace however you want to do it and I think something like that I've really really enjoyed but also on more kind of creative product side of stuff I've really really enjoyed Mm -hmm. that as well but honestly just so many things that I've been lucky enough to do I've just been like wow that was cool that is really good I think it's like it's nice to like look back over stuff I think I think the way that things move so quickly now and you know people quite often don't remember further back than like 
that top nine grid on Instagram when oh, you yeah. haven't scrolled back any further. Like, I think it's nice to look back and actually like, remember different projects you've done and like reflect on yeah, how you've got to where you are. Definitely. The only other thing that I wanted to ask you about, because I feel like as somebody who talks about mental health online, um, me and you in that respect, yeah, something that I... I've kind of been thinking about at the moment where people where to a certain extent the culture and the conversation around mental health has improved and people are willing to accept mental health conditions a bit more and have more sympathy or more empathy if more people are kind of experiencing them I feel like the next bit of progress that we need to make is people being accepting of the kind of side effects of those mental health issues because mm. I kind of feel like at the moment some people are at that point where they're quite willing to say oh you're suffering from anxiety that must be really hard for you like can I support you I accept what you're saying and you know I sympathize with what you're going through but as soon as any of those mental illnesses or mental health conditions have any like actual symptoms or consequences or make things mildly inconvenient for anyone else, it's suddenly kind of like, well, I said I accepted it. Are you not fine now? Like, yeah, I have just been thinking a lot about, you know, how, where do we, where do we go from here in terms of, in terms of the mental health conversation in general and, you know, making actually making it easier for people to give themselves that space and that's a very long rambling question but I mean kind of I'm thinking of it in the way that you have you know made a big change in your business for the sake of your mental health yeah and that's something that's really great and you must have had you know like a supportive team around you yeah um is there anything that you think we can do to kind of help get there the next step and kind of help people understand how to be accommodating as well as how to be sympathetic yeah so that is a very good question because sometimes I'll think you know like ah oh, I feel like no one understands that this isn't just a moment in time like it's not anxiety isn't just the panic attack that happens it's the build-up of that it's the the day after that it's the hoping that you're not going to have another one it's constant and there was mm -hmm. one point in my life where I thankfully I'm in a very fortunate position that I'm able to have a therapist and I pay for that myself um and she once said to me I, I think I said to her once like why am I falling asleep at 6 p.m like I'm exhausted and she was like because 85 percent of the day you are thinking anxious thoughts or you're worrying about something or you're just trying to get to the next moment because you're so anxious and from the outside nobody else would know that unless they could literally read your mind or it was like that scene in um Bruce Almighty where all the emails are coming in and you like that's how I sometimes yeah. feel like my brain is I'm like if people could hear my brain right now they would understand that anxiety is not just a moment it's it's all the time even though I've worked on my anxiety for years and I'm definitely at a place with it now where it's so much better than it used to be 
it's not that it's just it doesn't exist anymore it just Mm -hmm. exists in a slightly different way that is easier for me to live with but that doesn't mean it's gone um and I think it's also about remembering that although there will be some really really lucky people out there who won't understand what living with a mental health disorder is like because they won't have experienced it or they won't have experienced it in the same way that somebody else has like no two people will experience something in the same way mm-hmm. they might have similar um kind of symptoms or reactions or they might you know I've seen someone before so whenever I used to have a panic attack I used to like flap my hand in front of my face because I just felt so hot mm. and that always became like if I ever did that, I was so aware that everyone around me instantly knew like, oh, she's not okay, which would always make me feel so much worse. So it's like all these little things that you're like, oh yeah, or sometimes I'll see somebody in a train station or something on an airplane and they'll be doing the hand flapping and instantly I'm like, I know exactly how you're feeling right now. Yeah. Um, But the person next to them on the train could think what the hell is up with this woman that's flapping her hand around that's so annoying and I think it's just about like it's I think it's just about being aware and having empathy and although we can have people around us who are you know the most supportive people there will also be the people that aren't as supportive or don't make it as easy or don't Mm. understand um I've had people growing up that would be like, oh, just just calm down. Like, what's what's wrong? And you're like, if I could tell you what's wrong, I would, but I don't know either. Oh <laughs> um, my God, yeah. I can, I, I can relate to that quite hard. Yeah, or it's like, oh, just distract yourself. I'm like, oh, sure, that's, that's easy. I'll just distract myself. Um, so I just feel like the, I think just the awareness not being in that moment and appreciating that some people will have good days and sometimes they'll have bad days and I think keeping the conversation going um whether you feel that you're in a better place or that you've worked like I actually stopped talking about my anxiety for a while because it became my identity and Mm. where I'd spoken about it it was what people were constantly speaking to me about or my dms were full of people saying how can i what can i do how can you help me and everywhere i looked was anxiety 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 and i was actually trying to get away from it so that i didn't feel as anxious yeah so my therapist was like right you you are identifying as an anxious person and that's exactly what you don't want to be right now she was like just stop talking about it for a bit work on it and then talk about it from a position where you feel like you feel confident that you aren't in that kind of moment if that makes sense Mm. so it was much easier for me to then talk more openly about it with people after I felt like I had worked quite a bit on it and that I would go home and I would feel like okay I'm not like this person that's all I do is anxiety and all people think about when they look at me is anxiety I have loads more things 
going on and that's Mm -hmm. just a big part of it that I've worked really hard on and I'm feeling much better about and now I feel in such a good position to be able to talk about it and to share how I feel about it and I think it was it was nice for me to see the response from when I could talk about anxiety where I could say it's not as bad as it used to be and people being like that gives me hope because so much of the time you'll read about people's anxiety journeys or how they're feeling with anxiety and although it makes you feel less alone and you're like oh my god I know exactly what they're talking about it's nice to see people that have been able to live their life slightly differently and that it hasn't been this like all-consuming thing for the rest of their life because when I was younger I literally thought this is going to be how this is just how my life is now for the rest of my life like how am I going to do this this is horrific like and once I started realizing it doesn't need to be this bad it doesn't need to be so crippling that I'm falling asleep at 6 p.m every night Mm -hmm. I was like I want other people to also know that 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 can happen as well. Um, so I, don't, I I actually totally forgot what your question was. I feel like I went on, <laughs> I feel like I just went on a massive ramble. But yeah, I think I think people talking more about where they're at in their journeys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, can I even remember what I was saying? But it's, I, <laughs> everything that you're saying like I'm sat here nodding at and I'm sure a lot of people will be the same. And I think like, I actually think one of the first messages that you and I ever sent to each other on like Instagram DMs was you replying to a story that I'd posted saying that I was having a really like bad day with my anxiety and kind of being like, I get it. Yeah, and, like, if you, I remember If you need to actually. talk to someone, then like, then I'm here. But also I remember you saying to me like, it it does get a bit better and like you I know you've said that to me before like you know there is like a path through it and that like is really important to hear sometimes and like yeah at the same time as you know having the kind of camaraderie with people who are going through the same thing I think it is really important and it is a powerful thing that you've shared your journey so openly with it because not only can people see can I you know identify with it when they're going through a bad time, they can also see that you have been able to make really good changes and get yourself to a better place. And I think that is a really inspiring thing to do and share. So thank thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah, and that's not to say it's not easy. And I think a lot of the time, you know, when people think about starting therapy or starting to make any change with their mental health, it can feel so scary and daunting and like Mm. you're about to lift this lid on like years worth of things you've buried and um I know a lot of people in my personal life even have sort of had one or two therapy sessions and gone no didn't do anything it's not for me um I feel no different And and it's it's about you know explaining to people and I always use the um metaphor of like pulling up a weed so it's like you can do short-term things that will always make you feel slightly better so I love listening to like relaxing podcasts or putting on my favorite tv show or we've all got our own little like coping strategies to take the edge off when things are getting a bit kind of anxiety riddled but that's essentially like just ripping the head off a weed but the root is still there Mm -hmm. and that's how I always explain it to people and I'm like if you're happy with just ripping 
that top off every time, then 100% if that works for you, do it. But if you're willing to reach out for more help or you feel that you're in a position where you really, really need to or it's hindering how you're living your life more than you ever anticipated that it could, I would say as hard as it is and as much of a slog as it feels sometimes and it isn't just a one or two session thing, pulling out those roots makes all the difference which well for me it did anyway (laughs) every week i'll be asking my guests some of your questions and the first one comes in from catalina and she says i would like to know how zoe chooses what to share on social media and what to keep out of it i know that her work mostly consists of sharing content but i personally struggle with choosing what to share i have this rule that i post only what I consider useful information or tips. So I would like to know how she makes boundaries surrounding this topic. Mm, Love that question. I guess sometimes I don't really know either. Like it's not like I've set myself a little rule book per se. Um, And sometimes I think the best way for me to use social media is to act like I've downloaded it for the first time and not to overthink it. So if it's something that is pretty harmless, you know, it's me like starting my day or it's a moisturizer that I'm loving or Nala like snoring on my lap or something, then I always feel like those things are just like, you know, fine to share. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, as we were saying earlier, I just feel like the moments where I the moments where you just wouldn't reach for your phone I just don't um Mm -hmm. and I guess Alfie and I so my boyfriend who also does social media we don't really share too much like PDA coupley stuff like we've we don't post like kissing pictures or anything like that and we Mm -hmm. we never really have I don't I don't think that's like a conscious thing I think it's just that sometimes it is nice to have certain aspects especially when it's something like your relationship just for yourself and I'm actually really pleased that we've always been that way Mm -hmm. um but yeah I think it's just mostly based on how I feel that day and whether or not I feel like anything I'm doing is of any interest which most of the time I think it isn't but I'm like (laughs) I'll share it anyway just in case (laughs) I think that's a good answer kind of like instinctive boundaries yeah I quite like that though because I think sometimes it is like a gut feeling kind of thing and like you say I can't imagine that there's well I don't know maybe people do as kind of like a thought exercise but I can't imagine most people would actually like sit down and write a list of like what you are and aren't allowed to post on your own social media yeah definitely but kind of like thinking about what you are actually comfortable with yeah and I've definitely weirdly got more and more um not careful about what I'm sharing but I think I've restricted myself more the older I've got Mm. which which I don't know if that's just because I feel like social media is changing a lot more and we're all being a bit more careful about what we're saying online or whether it's just that I've been here a really long time so I feel like I've probably had moments of oversharing and now I'm Mm. like past that point but I do think as I'm getting older I think more about what I'm sharing than I did like five years ago where I would literally just post whatever I felt like posting. That leads me quite nicely into another question, which was actually quite a frequently asked question that I got. Uh. So I'll read out that 
This question was from Anna, who says, what is something that you would say to your younger self, given that you've suffered with anxiety and being in the spotlight? So I guess leading on from that, you've said, you know, you're a bit older and things have changed now. What would you maybe say to your younger self? Hmm. I would say your life is going to get crazy even though you don't realise it yet. (laughs) So don't put off going to that first therapy appointment. I think I should have, basically I went through this phase where I was like, I'm gonna go to my doctor. And then I just, they told me to buy trainers and go for a run. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's just not really very helpful. And then I thought, okay, I'll try again. And they were like, oh, maybe it's just because you came on your period and your hormones are everywhere. And I was like, again I just I don't feel like that's very helpful so I went through this phase of being like even the doctors don't get it like Mm -hmm. what am I gonna do so I I put it off for a really long time um and then I think it was only really when things started getting um a lot busier in my life and all these opportunities were coming up and I'd be in front of a massive camera having to do like interviews and um record things that I'd never done before that I was like okay I need I need to speak to a therapist but it was at that point where it was like no return whereas I think I'd I'd have quite liked to have maybe done that a little earlier um and also I just think stay true listen to your gut um and I think I think those are the main things I think those are good answers it is a tough question to kind of like it's like trying to kind of benefit from someone else's hindsight isn't it as in like yeah. trying to, you know like get advice for you when you're younger but I think I think that's good like not letting things snowball out of control before you get help for them I feel like that is definitely that's definitely good advice and also at the time I remember feeling like I wish I could speak to somebody who's been through this and not having anyone to speak to because it was so new and kind of me and my friends who were all doing it at the time we were sort of the ones kind of at the front kind of just going for it and seeing what happened and I remember when it was all getting quite overwhelming I wish I'd had somebody to speak to to be like what do I do like where is this gonna go what's next year gonna look like and I think if I could now go back and speak to my younger self I would be that like mentor that I needed back then and I always Mm. try and make sure I do that for other people as well because it was something that I wish I'd had. And now if anyone is like struggling with any aspect of like having an audience or something going viral or being kind of thrust into this environment that they're not used to, I'm always like, hi, if you ever need to chat, just let me know. I'm probably like that annoying like auntie that like slips in and is like, do you need any help? <laughs> no, that's but, so nice though. Yeah. I think a lot of people would do, like, I'm, I'm sure people have appreciated that when you've done that for sure. <laughs> Next question is from Lexi, who says, were there opportunities in the past that you declined because of your anxiety and do you regret declining them? Yeah, there are a few things. So there's some like singing stuff that I always declined because I was just like, nah, I can't, I can't, I can't go on a stage. I can't, I can't sing in front of people. Like, are you having a laugh? Like, absolutely not. So I always declined anything that was like singing related just because I'm just not, I'm not that confident. Like when my brother- Do you like to sing though? I like it. And I feel like 
I can hold a note in the shower and so many people are like, please do a cover, please do a cover where they've like heard little snippets in vlogs and stuff. And I've had opportunities come up where I've been asked to audition for things or I've been asked if I want to make a song with certain people. And I've just been like, oh my God. In There's like a tiny part of me inside that's like 10 year old Zoe is like, yes. But 30 year old Zoe with anxiety is like, absolutely not. <laughs> Um, so little things like that, uh, but I don't, I don't know, I, I feel like I don't ever regret anything just because I'm also such like a go with your gut and mm-hmm. I just think sometimes if I feel so strongly about something, I just know like if you do it, you're not going to enjoy it anyway because of how I feel yeah. about it. So yeah, there's definitely things like that or trips I've turned down where I've been like, oh, what you're telling me? that that's a 12 hour flight absolutely not <laughs> thank you for your free flight but I can't get on that plane <laughs> thank you but no thank you yeah which is so stupid and it may it makes me sound so ungrateful but you'll understand like anxiety doesn't give a shit it's like you won't enjoy it and it will frustrate you and you'll be like why am I not enjoying this like everyone else and I wish that I was at home um which is really frustrating. So frustrating. That is the word that I was thinking of as you were talking. I was like, it is that just frustration of being like, why can't I just do this thing? Yeah. Um, There have been times where I've really pushed myself and I'm glad I did. So I got asked to do the Bake Off and that's obviously like my favorite show ever. Mm. And that was like the hardest two days anxiety wise, like ever, let alone like the fact that there's anxiety, even just having like a time limit on what you're baking. And the fact that it's being filmed and like going out to TV, like TV stuff for me is really hard. Um, Anything that's like live TV. I did it a bit and then I was like, it's just not for me. Like I just- I would just combust. Yeah, I, I hated every second of it. And then I also hated afterwards where people would like link me it or be like, oh my God, I just watched you on this. And I just, I could not watch any of them back because I get this thing where I think I'm not gonna have anything to say. Or like, I'm going to get a mind blank, like live on TV. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so live TV, no. Um, But the Bake Off was a good example of where I pushed myself and I'm glad I did. Um, But thankfully that wasn't live, so. (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely good. I mean, that is the kind of thing where like, I mean, I also love Bake Off, but if someone actually asked me to go on any kind of Bake Off, I'd be like, "Mm," (laughs) like, I I feel like I wouldn't enjoy it if nobody was filming it yeah exactly but because it's a public thing I, I would be like mm, I don't think I can do that and it's funny because some people are like what do you mean like you upload videos to millions of people but I'm like yeah but I'm in control of that and I'm in my home and I'm like the one editing it and I, I can choose when it goes up and I think maybe for me it's just a bit of a lack of control or something I don't know <laughs> but I'm like it's so different yeah totally that that makes sense to me as well though I think I don't know I probably have to be in control yeah. of some things too so I think I, but maybe that's just an anxiety thing I feel like the more you can yeah. control stuff maybe the Definitely. less it stresses you out um next question from Orla he says in regards to a digital detox I've always tried slash wanted to do one but as I'm only 16 I do feel like most of my friends will just forget about me if I stop texting them or I'll get made fun of for wanting to work on myself. Aww. What would be the best way to go around this? Firstly, 
I feel like if you think your friends are going to be that way, are they really your friends? Because you want to be surrounded by people that are going to support you and encourage you where you especially with the working on yourself thing I would feel so disappointed in my friends if I was like I really want to work on myself and they were like ew why I know imagine um I think that this is something that should be encouraged and you should be around people that are going to support you in whatever you want to do to make yourself feel better um but also like we were saying earlier you know one day is not if you were to do one day of digital detox, not a lot is going to change in a day um, in terms of like conversations you've missed out on or things you've not seen on social media. A lot of the time, and I mean, I'm only speaking for myself, but I feel like a lot of people can relate. You just end up just mindlessly scrolling and consuming everybody else living their day and not living your own day. Um, And that for me is one of the Mm -hmm. reasons why I love doing it so much because... I don't realize how much time I'm wasting just watching everybody else living their day instead of me actually just doing what I need to do. And um, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's good to have that space, you know, go and do something you really enjoy, read a book, have a nice bath, do a little pamper session, go for a nice walk if you can. Um, And then when you come back together, you'll have things to talk about and you can share what you did and create new conversations, which I always think is very healthy because we're so used to, especially I feel like at the age of 16, you're just constantly like having conversations. The conversations never stop. It's such like a back and forth all day, every day. And Mm -hmm. even that, like, I mean, I could never do that. I think I would just be so like mentally exhausted. Even, um, through last year where we were having to obviously use our devices a lot more and our screens and zoom and like Mm -hmm. facetime and like screen fatigue is a thing and yeah and i just found myself like getting to the point where i was like i don't want to do another facetime like i'd rather just and actually in the end i think voice notes are my favorite because it's like it's kind of like a phone call but you can do it at your own pace if that makes sense. You can ask a question. Mm. It's not like an immediate answer. It's like, just answer when you can. Um, But I do think having that space and not having that constant connection with your friends is only a good thing. And um, if a digital detox is what you think will make you feel better, that should be your priority. Love that answer. I think that was very good advice. Uh, Okay, so... Question from Lily, who says, I've loved hearing about the charities you and Alfie have given to. What are the causes you plan to focus on in 2021? What's on your radar in terms of giving back? Mm, Okay, so we try and, so Alfie and I, we give a percentage of um, everything we earn to different charities each month. Um, And isn't charity such a funny one? Because, and I said this in a video recently, like I haven't, I don't ever really talk that openly about charities that I give to or support because I never want people to think Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're only talking about it because you want everyone to know that you're doing something nice. So I've never, I've always kind of just thought, you know, I'll do this and I just know we're doing it. Um, And I don't ever feel like I need to like share it from Mm -hmm. that perspective. And everyone in my comments was like, no, don't be silly. Like we love hearing about it. And I was like, oh, okay, all right then. Um, So we always try and support a massive variety of charities. Um, So uh, Mm -hmm. 
more recently we've supported a lot of homelessness charities and food banks and things over Christmas because it felt very apt Mm -hmm. at that time of year Um, but we'll also be supporting children's charities um, animal shelters we gave to um, an animal sanctuary that's near us uh, basically in one of the storms we had in 2020 I feel like we had a few storms there were quite a few shit storms mm. to go around in 2020 um, <laughs> yeah. it was stormy old year um, all of the outhouses that the donkeys and the horses were in had got completely destroyed um, so we paid to have those restored so that the donkeys and the horses had somewhere to live so it's just like we oh I know so we try and like we do try and tick all the boxes um uh when it comes to charities and we support about three different charities each month which is something that we're obviously really happy and proud to be able to do um and it is it's such a lovely part of what we do like getting to sit down and have those meetings each month and kind of work out where we want to help and if there's any charities that are desperately in need of something um and I think especially last year where there was just so many charities that needed more help than usual. Um, but yeah, it feels really nice to give mm-hmm. back, definitely. That's really nice. And that is something that I didn't know about you. And that's a, re- a really lovely thing. Ah. <laughs> Remember, if you want to get in touch with us or you've got any questions for future episodes, email me at goodinfluencepod at gmail.com. So before you go, I've got three things that I ask every guest to give us and that's if people listening want to learn a bit more about what we've been talking about today or just you know do a bit of bit of wider wider searching could you give us something to read something to listen to and something to watch please yes so in terms of read i've got two books so the first one is why social media is ruining your life by Catherine ormerod have you ever heard of that one I have and I follow Catherine. Yes, me too. Um, So she basically just provides people with knowledge, tactics and weaponry that you need to find a more healthy way to consume social media and reclaim your happiness, which I think is perfect to go alongside this conversation. Agree. Yeah. And then also Lucy Sheridan, uh, I don't know if you follow her, she's like the comparison coach, so she talks a lot about comparison. And She's been on this podcast earlier in the series. Oh my God, she's I, bloody... I missed that one. Oh, you're... oh okay. she's great. She's so well, great. There's one to put in, one to listen to. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, also her book, The Comparison Cure, because mm-hmm. I do think a really large part of social media and how we feel about social media is down to comparison and feeling like everyone else has got their shit together and that you haven't mm-hmm. when that's probably not the case in reality. Um, so yeah, her book is amazing. And then in terms of listen to, I've actually, I've picked an app that I always put on when I feel like I need to get out of my head basically Mm -hmm. and it's an app that I've recommended to people for years and it's just my absolute favorite Alfie always says that he's like this creepy man (laughs) like with this creepy voice and I highly disagree because I'm like no he's amazing um but it's like a 28 minute meditation so I'll either listen to it if I'm struggling to fall asleep or if I'm feeling really anxious so usually if I'm in an airport that's like me at my peak anxious moment and I will literally listen to this meditation on repeat and it gets me through the airport it's amazing so if you were to search complete relaxation into um iTunes or the app store then you'll find it but yeah if you're struggling to fall asleep you will not get to the end of it like it just puts you straight to sleep it's amazing 
Okay, perfect. And then watch. Um, for watch, I have said basically any of the Digital Detox Day Instagram TVs that I uploaded on my Instagram because around Digital Detox Day, we created quite a lot of content around how social media affects um, different kind of topics. So we've got mm-hmm. one on anxiety, one on body image, one on cyberbullying, one on human connection, and then one on setting digital boundaries. And I feel like it's a really good place for people to start and to go and learn a little bit more about those things if they're listening to this podcast and they're like, oh my God, I feel like that and I need to set some digital boundaries and my anxiety is terrible, then I would definitely recommend um, heading to the IGTV section on my Instagram and you can watch them all on there. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Good Influence. If you've enjoyed the episode, please take a minute to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're using. And if you're feeling generous, you can rate and review as well. Your reviews make a big difference and help other people find the podcast. See you next week. 